0: That's BlueNile.com. This is Behind the Hatch by
1: Jamie Killen. You have some water there. Thanks. Are you feeling okay, Miss Langan? We can try again tomorrow if you'd prefer. The medicine might... No, 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 no. It's fine. It's fine. I just, um...
2: I think it's just something in my throat.
1: I just really want to go home, please. I know this has been a traumatic few days, and we can't imagine the pain you've been through. We're looking to write what has happened to you and to the others, so thank you for agreeing to cooperate. We're hoping to get you home to rest and recuperate as soon as possible. You can help me and the others by telling me about your experience and time with Dr. Patel. I already told you. Ma'am, you are safe here. She can't hurt you anymore. We're the good guys, okay? I want to help you and your friends. And I know, this is very hard to talk about. Look, maybe it's better if I phrase it this way. Just tell me about your job. What is it you did for Dr. Patel? I'm one of the people who goes behind the hatch. Yes, the hatch. We've heard about this from a few of your peers, but can you tell me about the hatch in your own words? What a typical work day would look like?
2: Yeah, I would go into the building off Snyder Road and I would always head straight to Lab 303. I'd walk in, close the door, take off my clothes and I would open the hatch on the other side of the room and go inside. And then after a couple hours, I'd close the hatch, I would put on my clothes and I would head to the debrief with Dr. Patel. That part usually lasts five,
1: ten minutes and then I would leave and that's it. And what do you do inside the hatch? I don't know. You don't know?
2: No, look, look, like I told your partner or, or the psychiatrist or whoever they are, I don't have a clue what happened. I can't remember any of it. I know they recorded everything that went on inside the hatch. Just the audio though, not the video. And they have cameras in the room, but they're all pointed towards the room entrance, not towards the hatch. The researchers need to hear our descriptions of what happens behind the hatch, but she wouldn't allow anyone to see the footage, even herself.
1: Any idea why? No. No, I... It's okay. Can you tell me more about the room besides the hatch? It was super clean.
2: It was like the kind of science lab you see on TV. Pretty much all metal.
1: So you describe to these researchers what you're seeing and hearing, but you have no memory of it? None. Did you ever think to yourself that this was all very strange, especially as a job? I mean, yeah,
2: but, you know, the way that Dr. Patel framed it up top, she just, she made it seem relaxed, but also like important work, and she made everything seem like it was as normal as any other job, so I was nervous at first, but she just, she just has this charm about her, you know? What made you take the job? What made you stay? Well, the pay and benefits are, um, were insane. More money than I could ever make off of my community college degree, and I only had to work 10, 15 hours a week max. Do you have
1: any idea what else goes on in that building?
2: No. No. I have no idea what happens in those other rooms, or labs, or whatever they are. I mean, I don't really know what the hatch is. I don't know where it came from, who made it, what the recording sounded like, what I, the... I,
1: I understand, Miss Langan. It's okay. It's okay. Let's take a deep breath. Let's go back to the actual job. The day-to-day. You can't remember anything when you're inside the hatch, but... Can you tell me what it's like when you leave the hatch? Um...
2: I usually came to when I was putting my clothes back on, usually two or three hours after I went in, and I don't know, it must be like waking up while you're sleepwalking. Everything is very hazy and foggy, but my voice is always ragged. It's like it's like I've been talking loudly or yelling, and, and sometimes I have tears on my face. There have been scratches on my hands from where I clawed at myself with my fingernails and I sometimes spit blood onto the floor and then I, I, I realized I must have bit my tongue. But, you know, I asked the others and they all pretty much have the same experience.
1: Yeah, let's talk about the others. What do you
2: know about them? Where they came from? We really created a nice little community, the people who go behind the hatch. We would go out for happy hour on Fridays and, you know, after a couple of drinks, we'd end up talking about the job, usually... trying to figure out why they hired us out of all applicants with the pay they were offering and the job post there were so many people that applied but as far as we can tell there really was no pattern I mean there were high school dropouts and there were English professors and army vets and well you know me art school dropout nobody it's not about physical strength or anything either one dude is a competitive marathon runner but Janet is paralyzed from the waist
1: down. How about the things you all have in common?
2: Um, we found a few things. Just small things, really. I mean, we all thought that we were pretty artistic to some degree. Most of us are the middle child of three. I'm pretty sure that all of us suffer from sleep paralysis at one time or another. But honestly, the biggest thing we have in common is that none of us are really curious about what happens behind the hatch. I mean, of course we would chat and we would gossip and we'd talk shit like you do at every job, but at the end of the day, everyone was just happy to be employed, especially at a time like this. No one was really digging for more details. Everyone was just happy to have to work so little and get paid so much. So we were going to be the most grateful, least complicated employees, and... Honestly, I think the doc could sense that in us when she interviewed
1: us. So none of you ever asked Dr. Patel or her staff about the hatch or what would happen when you go inside? Mm-mm. Technically, our contracts
2: forbade us from asking the researchers about it, but sometimes people would be playful and push the limits and ask the doc what happens. And? And she would just do this thing where she'd look over her glasses at you like an angry librarian or something and again no one would push hard though, all of us being pretty content thing, right? Right. Honestly, it was a great job. Everything was fine and good until
1: Until what? Until last month. Things started to get different. Could you please elaborate, Miss Langan?
2: I think it started four or five weeks ago. I came out of the hatch and I was putting on my socks when I noticed something scratched into the bottom of my foot. I could see skin beneath my fingernails. My heart was pounding, but I knew that they were watching on the camera, so I played it cool and I finished getting dressed and I went to the debrief. And I take it you didn't tell Dr. Patel? No, no. At first I didn't know what it was or if it really was anything. Okay. So then I left, and on my way home, when I was far from the lab, I sat on a park bench, and I took off my right shoe. Um,
1: (coughs) Are are you sure you're feeling okay, Miss Langan? I'm fine,
2: I'm fine. I'm fine.
1: Uh, You were saying you took off your shoe...
2: Yeah. Yeah, I took off my shoe and I, um, I found a message. What did it say? Don't trust P. And who do you think P is? There's only one P that matters.
1: Dr. Patel.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. So when I got home, I looked at my other foot and I found another message. Take notes.
0: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. In the year 2072, as our world reels from climate chaos, there is one beacon of hope. Pura, a sanctuary amidst the devastation, safeguarding its inhabitants from the relentless onslaught of environmental disasters. Meet Demetria Lopez, the face of Pura's pristine image. But beneath the facade lies a chilling truth. When Demetria uncovers a secret that could shatter everything Pura stands for, she faces a choice. Loyalty or truth? Preservation or revelation? From Wondery, the makers of Academy and Dr. Death comes an electrifying new series, The Last City, starring the talents of Rhea Seahorn, Jenny Tirado and Maury Sterling. prepare for a gripping tale of intrigue and moral reckoning. Subscribe to The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you listen to podcasts. And for an exclusive experience, join Wondery Plus to binge all episodes early and ad-free. The future of Pura awaits.
2: So what did you do? The very first thing they tell you when you take the job is you cannot take anything in with you. No hair clips, no watches, and definitely no paper or phones. So is that why they have you get naked before going in? I guess so. Can you tell me what happened next? I ignored the messages for a while, but every single time I left a session, I could feel the messages re-scratched in there. And after the second week, my feet were raw. The cuts were getting infected. And look, I I didn't want to, but I gave in. I gave in in the hopes that it would stop. So I folded up a tiny piece of paper and a tiny pencil and I taped it to my foot with a Band-Aid. God, I just, I remember my heart was beating so loud when I undressed, I just, I was sure they could hear it. I was so scared and um, I don't know, I just, I remember when I got home that day, I was so nervous to look at the note, but when I looked at it, all it said was the word violet, like 14 times and I was so confused, but I had to know more. So I took in paper every day for a couple weeks, but the messages were Weird things like coil, 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 or like a fingerprint pressed into wax. Sometimes there would be a drawing, something that kind of looks like an arm. And then I realized after some more drawings, I think it was supposed to be the view out of a window, I think. I can't remember exactly when, but one day the notes turned into lists, like things to bring in. A nail a razor blade, a piece of copper wire. Did you ever act on those? At that point, I had to know, so
1: I smuggled them in a few at a time. And you never mentioned any of this to anyone, the smuggling? To Dr. Patel or your coworkers at happy hour? I mean, I wanted
2: to, but I don't know, I couldn't. I was close, though, to coming clean. And then one day I left the hatch and I came to just stumbling onto the bench where I changed and I just, I had this cracking pain shooting across my eye and I could hardly see out of my right eye. It just, honestly, it felt like someone had punched me in the face. Like I was in a fight and Dr. Patel then rushed inside and I won't forget her face. It was like, it was the first time I ever saw worry in her eyes and she tried to cover it up. You know, she made she made a joke about how I gave myself a real shiner, but I I could tell she was freaked out. And you know, she asked me the usual questions in the debrief, but ended by asking if there was anything else I wanted to tell her. I knew it was a chance to come clean, but I didn't. I was scared. I was scared that she would let me go. And I just, I could not afford to lose the job. How long ago was that? It's about two weeks ago, I think. that's when all the other stuff started happening stuff outside of the hatch
1: can you tell me what you mean by that you're gonna think i'm crazy i assure you i will not miss langan birds
2: birds started acting weird around me like on my walks to and from work they would fly really close to me like inches away from my head buzzing me picking at me with their feet And then a couple even slammed into my chest like dive bombers. I remember passing my neighbor walking her German Shepherd and it's a dog that I see and I pet all the time and it just started growling at me and it peed all over itself. It really freaked me out but not as much as it freaked out my neighbor and she avoids me now. That happened on a Friday. And I remember I had just left the happy hour with my coworkers and everyone was in a weird mood. Everyone was kind of tense and quiet and I was getting ready to leave, but I dropped my purse and when I went down to grab it, I noticed this girl Kylie's foot and she was wearing sandals and they were dangling from her toes and I could see scars and scabs and the curve of letters. And then she just slammed her foot on the ground. And I got up and I looked at her and she just shook her head once. She was terrified. And I think that's when I knew we all suspected that something wasn't going right. We were just too scared to tell each other. Could you make
1: out any messages or words on Kylie's foot?
2: No, no, it happened too fast. But I, um... am <coughs> <coughs> oh, no, no, no. Actually, can we please, can we just, can we please pick this up tomorrow or something?
1: My throat is just, it's really... We're almost done, Miss Langan. Do do you think you can make it for just a few more minutes? Can you walk me through what happened three days ago? Um, it's just...
2: It's okay, Amy. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's just,
1: it's really hard. It's Okay. It's safe here. We're not in the hatch. We're not near it or Dr. Patel. I'm here for you.
2: (coughs) I remember coming out of the hatch and I I knew something was wrong. How did you know something was wrong? It was my throat. It was on fire. It It felt like I had swallowed a piece of burning coal and I started coughing. And then I felt something move or crawl in my mouth. Crawl? Mm-hmm. I put it under my tongue and I held my mouth shut I just, I was too paralyzed to do anything else And I got dressed and I went into the hallway <coughs> It took me a second to realize that everyone else All the people I go to happy hour with They were all there too And they were standing there in the hallway And that has never happened before I could tell that they were all seriously freaked out I mean, we all were some had their hands over their mouths, and then I noticed that I did too. Then Dr. Patel comes running out, and she just looked terrified. She threw up her hands, and she was begging us to stop, and she was yelling at us, and she was just going, wait, 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 but, um. But what? But we opened our mouths, and I fainted but not before I heard this sound. It was, it was louder, it was more haunting than even Dr. Patel's screams, and I just, I don't know, I just, I, I, I can't get it out of my head. I... Ms.
1: Langan, what is it? <coughs> Why are you looking at me like that? Amy? Amy, are you okay? No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Oh, no, 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 no. Is it? Is there something in your mouth? Code 23, code 23! Wait, Amy, Amy, wait, please. Please, wait, please, Amy, don't! Behind the Hatch,
0: performed by Erin Moriarty and Patricia Heaton. Directed by Stephen Michael. Behind the Hatch was written by Jamie Killen and adapted by Lauren Palmer and Stephen Michael. Edited by Matthew Smith. Sound design by Jack Goodman. This episode is produced by Lauren Palmer and associate produced by Matt Worley. Dust is executive produced by Stephen Michael at Gunpowder and Sky.